Merry Christmas. It's about this time every year where our sentimentality runs out, at least culturally, at least in society. The lights come down. The 96.1, the river goes back to smooth rock. (laughs) And we even, in our understanding of Christmas, turn from more sentimental ideas to the reality of the Christian call, what this child is going to call us to. What is the result of being a follower of this baby? We start with Stephen, the first martyr, and then eventually today we make it to the Feast of the Holy Innocents. And the church makes sure that even in the octave of Christmas, We know what evil is. We know what Jesus incarnated himself into. We know what darkness the light sheds. As we heard on Christmas morning, it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness shall not overcome it. And so the church lays down the depraved, Desires and passions and actions of humanity before us. So we wear red often for the martyrs. And, and I don't think there's a, any other gospel or story in the gospel that is that shows the evil that a human can do than today's gospel. Herod the king and his raging right, orders the destruction of Infants. Obviously, it's a typological fulfillment of the Old Testament, Moses, right? Moses, Jesus is the new Moses who will give us a new law. Moses was saved from the destruction of the infants, in which the Pharaoh said, kill, they can have the women, kill the boys. And so Herod fulfills that here with the Lord. And even though there's a lot of evil, even though there's a lot of destruction and and sadness and and we can maybe get down, we should rest in the mercy of God. And hidden within this story, within this gospel passage, this occurrence is a great mercy. God allows evil, right? Because he's not going to take over Herod's free will. Because without our free will, we cannot love And so he allows that evil, but then he draws a greater good out of it and a good he didn't have to do. A couple years ago in praying with this passage and praying with this feast day, it dawned on me. I wear red for the holy innocents because I wear red for martyrs. But the holy innocents aren't martyrs, strictly speaking. And to be a martyr, the technical definition of a martyr is someone who dies for Christ. Someone who is a Christian, is a follower of Jesus, and chooses, or their family chooses, to die for Christ, to not uh, apostatize, right? or in, in spreading the gospel, what have you. These holy innocents were not Christians. These holy innocence parents weren't Christians. 
And they didn't choose to die for Christ. And yet God still saved them. The church recognized them as saints. They were not baptized. And strictly speaking, in the traditional understanding of what a martyr is, they were not martyrs. But the Lord is kind and merciful. And so we ought not despair and we ought to have hope and trust in God's love for us. You know, I, I, I speak with a lot of families and, and walk with a lot of families through um, their own tragedies, particularly with miscarriage and um, situations like that. And one of the questions a lot of people ask is, you know, where is, where is my child? Like, where's the soul of my child? And I always point them back to this moment in which God said, I don't care if you're not a Christian. I don't care if you've been baptized. I don't care if you even professed and died for me consciously. I save you. I love you. The blood that I will shed on the cross will retroactively save you. Simple. So even though we struggle in the face of the the evil that surrounds the Christmas story, like surrounds the crash, is, is, is hemming it in from all sides, we're in awe of God's mercy, that he loves us, and that he decided to enter this world, to enter this mess, regardless of the evil and actually because of it.